So welcome to another week of Q&A after hours. After hours with Lauren here, Lauren Nixon. Um, <laughs> hey, all right. So I hope you guys had a chance to join the show and listen to after hours today. If you did, you will know that we did not cover carbs, which is fine. Um, I guess there are a couple people who were a little disappointed that we didn't cover carbohydrates today. So I will make sure that we do that next week because I don't want to disappoint anyone. And we should, you know, I didn't realize we were announcing that we were covering carbs and we didn't actually do that. So I apologize if anyone was disappointed in that. However, I will give you a few tips on carbs right now while we wait for questions to come in just to uh, kind of hopefully cheer people up about the whole, the whole topic. All right. Um, I'm going to wait for a couple more people to join because I think it would be nice to have a few more people on here before we get started. And I don't see Kevin yet either. So we'll give you guys a few more few more minutes. So come with your questions ready, guys, because that's what this is for. You have about 30 minutes to ask away. All right. So I'm just going to give you a little information on carbs since we did promise a little info on it today. Um, but I don't want to ruin it for next week. So definitely tune in next week because we're going to dive a little deeper into it. But for now, I just wanted to say that there are benefits to carbohydrates in the diet. Um, I know we talk so much here about, you know, how carbs should be limited and the reasons why. And the fact is just that not all carbs are created equal, unfortunately. <laughs> um, there is a difference between a simple carb and a complex carb. So basically, um, the quality of the carbohydrate is really key. So, unfortunately, we have been introduced to a very unhealthy diet with a lot of processed foods. And for many people that are metabolically broken due to this standard American diet of highly processed foods, including high carbs, because that's what happens when you process things. They turn into a very simple form of um food that has now been, um, had like nutrients taken away and they're, the food's no longer intact. So basically people that are metabolically broken can typically tolerate, um, or cannot typically tolerate carbs very well until they fix their metabolic dysfunction. Um, but if you're metabolically healthy, then you can handle some, some carbs and they can actually benefit you in, in certain ways. So we'll dive way deeper into that. But basically, if you're using the carnivore diet to address things like diabetes, um, pre-diabetes even, or any kind of metabolic dysfunction, then I just wouldn't include uh, you know, a good amount of carbs in the diet because it's only going to make things worse. So the whole idea is to remove these things. So we want to remove, you know, these processed foods and these high carb foods, like simple carbs. Um, they really 
you know, can wreak havoc on the body. And basically um, the removal of processed foods, seed oils, um, making sure that you're getting good amounts of, of meat in the diet, um, including the entire animal. So getting some good organs in the diet, um, making sure that you're, you're getting good amount of minerals through salt and stuff like that. Um, and then your metabolism should improve. And then you can start reintroducing carbs into the diet, um, low toxin carbs. Um, next week, we'll talk about what those look like and the benefits of them, as well as um, a lot more about carbs, the different roles that they have in the body. All right, so let me see if we have any questions. There's Kevin. Hi, Kevin. Oh, he already answered your question. Perfect. Hi, Joseph. Let's say here. You are welcome. We enjoy making a positive impact and I hope to continue doing so. Um, the question that Joseph has is, what is your opinion on NAC? Oh gosh, NAC is great actually. Um, let me see if I can dig up. I know I had written up a little article on NAC in the past. I'm not sure if we ever um, posted it on the website but let me dig it up if I did. I'm pretty sure I wrote a whole article on NAC. Um, NAC is really great. Um, it can benefit you in a lot of different ways. It's basically really good for, um, to help uh, support the you know, detoxification. Um, Kevin wrote here that it can be important and should probably be working with a practitioner. Um, when you're taking it, which I have to agree. You should always be working with a practitioner when you're taking different supplements and changing things up in your diet and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty sure that we posted an article on NAC. Um, oh, here we go. Angie just messaged me and she said that, hold on, how do I see that again? She said she found a pages doc. So I did circulate it at some point. Um, but there are no graphics for it. So I guess we never got to posting it, but yeah, I will make sure that we get that up so that you have the information. Um, but essentially, um, NAC, let's see here. It's good. Like I said, it's really good for helping detoxify things. So for oxidative stress, so when things are going wrong in the body and we have oxidation, um, that is when NAC can really help and um, help kind of change that around and get rid of free radicals. So it's very beneficial there. And let me see. Oh, wait, it looks like Kevin found it. Oh, actually he posted a link for NAC. So that's great. Um, Cause we do sell in the store. I think that's why I initially wrote the, um, did a write up on it, but, um, but basically it's, it's really, you know, like I said, it's very good for detoxification and to help reverse oxidation because oxidation is something that is a negative in the body. It, um, like we talk about oxidative stress and stuff like that. So, um, oh, Kevin said it is a link to the article. So it's there for you to read. So go on and read it. Perfect. So we don't have to dive super into NAC. Um, 
but yeah, we, I do also in the article, I posted, or I put some links, it looks like to a couple options there. We have NAC by Biotics Research. We have Pure NAC um, by another company. And we also have NAC by Premier Research Labs. Oh, and looks like we also have Glutaclear um, by Metagenics. Pretty sure NAC is a precursor of glutathione, if I can remember correctly. And it will explain all that in the article. So go ahead and take a look to really deep dive into the benefits of NAC, where to get it naturally in the diet. I'm sure I would have posted some information on that there as well. Um, but yeah, it definitely doesn't hurt to supplement with it. I actually take it on a daily basis. So all good all around. Matthew asks, can my wife take FEM, that new female supplement by Ancestral Supplements that we talked about on the show today? He asks, can she take it while on birth control and what are the benefits? Yes, Matthew. My short answer is she can absolutely take it while on birth, birth control. There is no reason why, why it would, um, it's not going to negatively affect or have any um, changes in with the, the birth control at all. It's just going to help support, um, you know, the actual, um, the reproductive system in general, but it's not going to, she's not going to all of a sudden become extra fertile or anything like that um, if she's on birth control, because that is basically controlling hormones. Um, Kevin also chimed in and said the benefits are the same for hormone balancing. Well, it depends on what she's on birth control for, but, um, but birth control, um, you basically don't, don't, it stops you from ovulating. It does balance or control hormones as well. Um, but in terms of what the, uh, the female supplement is that we were talking about, the FEM, that is more, and I agree with Kevin, a balancing hormone thing. So um, definitely safe to take with birth control and it's not going to cause her to all of a sudden be super fertile if she's on birth control. It's, that's what you're wondering. It's not going to compromise that um, the main reason she's on birth control, which is probably to avoid getting pregnant at this time. And I agree with Kevin. He just said that birth control makes a mess of hormones and this product will help alleviate that. And I couldn't agree more. Honestly, birth control is a whole rabbit hole we could dive really deep into. And I'm just going to say, oh, there's a lot more research um, now going on with, uh, you know, around birth control. And I think the reason, be, uh, you know, that they is because they actually have years of, um, of evidence-based research because they've been putting girls on it for so long at a young age. Um, it's really the go-to for so many young female issues from acne. They think, you know, if someone goes to the doctor and they say that they want to get rid of their acne, they automatically put them on birth control. It's not even used. I would say the majority of the time, it's not even used for birth control. It's really used for a ton of other things. So, you know, if a girl goes to the doctor and says, oh, I have, um, really heavy menstrual cycles. Um, I, 
I can't get out of bed. My cramps are really bad. Um, I feel nauseous, you know, and I bleed heavily. All of these things are symptoms that are telling, that should be telling you, and you should be receiving these symptoms um, as a sign that there's something going on that shouldn't be already. Um, usually it's something within the diet. Uh, a lot of girls don't know that they have things like PCOS, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome. And they're, they're going to the doctor at a very young age and they're telling the doctor they have, they have all these symptoms. And so they put them on birth control. The problem with that is birth control is just covering up those symptoms. So what it is doing, it's completely controlling the hormones. It's, um, it's stopping ovulation. A lot of doctors I hear are telling girls that they don't even have to have a menstrual cycle, that they can just skip it all together. Well, uh, I wouldn't completely agree with that. Um, and so when it is time to get off the birth control, a lot of these girls are having issues. Like basically the problems that they did have that they were covering up are now exacerbated. And, you know, a lot of times they're getting off birth control because they're ready to start a family and they realize that their hormones are completely out of whack and they have to start at the very beginning when in reality the doctor should have been addressing the symptoms like the cause of the symptoms from the very beginning instead of just putting them on birth control as a temporary um kind of band-aid so we could like i said we can really dive into that kevin also mentions um oh that there's a really good uh there's really good info on birth control in a book by kelly brogan who he also mentioned today in the in the show um, it's called a mind of my own. Um, another person that I really direct people to in terms of, um, female health and just learning about the, you know, reproductive system and what's going on. And not even in terms of if someone really is ready, um, to talk about fertility or anything like that, but just getting to know what is going on with the female uh, system because it is so intricate um, and we don't really cover that. They don't cover that in school and in anatomy when you're, when you're young. And there is a book that I wish I had read at a much younger age. I wanna say the author is Alyssa Vitti. It's called The Woman Code. And I, I would recommend it to, to, to pretty much every young woman. Um, she really does a good job of educating um, women on what's going on and what's causing certain symptoms and how to eat a diet, a uh, proper diet to help support your, you know, your fertility. And even if you're not ready to have children, just to support your whole um, reproductive system. So highly recommend that book as well. It is called, Scott just asked what the book is again. It's called, um, I'll write it right here. Um, Woman Code by, and I want to say her name is Alyssa v VT. I could be wrong, but someone I'm sure will chime in and correct me if I am. Um, let's see, Scott, my wife has PCOS. She's 38 now. I'll start birth control in her teens for some reason, like weight loss. Totally messed her up long before we met and longer before I found Destination Health. See, Scott, exactly what I said. She went to the doctor as a teenager for weight loss. And what does the doctor do? He puts her on birth control. Completely unacceptable. 
I don't, it's just mind blowing that that's what they would, that, that that's what they would do. Um, and now she has PCOS because she probably had no idea that she was, you know, miss, you know, her cycle was all messed up. So basically if you have very heavy, um, like severe symptoms, heavy bleeding, a lot of pain, um, PMS, you guys, none of these are normal. We've normalized it in society, but it's not that we're not supposed to be suffering these symptoms. Um, so if you know, if you are a woman who is, or you know, someone who is like a wife or a daughter or a niece or, you know, whatever, it's important to educate them on, on what's going on because these are symptoms that are telling your body that there's something wrong. Okay. So taking birth control is going to regulate your cycle. It's going to completely override your hormones that your body's producing. And it's going to be putting these synthetic hormones in so that it puts you on a regular cycle. Now, the problem with that is yes. Now your wife has PCOS. Who knows if she had it prior in her teens. She probably, she may not have had it in her teens. Um, cause it sounded like she went in for weight loss. Um, but now, you know, all of these years, if she's 38, she's been on it for, I'm sure like 20 plus years. She had no idea she had PCOS because if you have PCOS, you would have these symptoms that we're talking about and you would know that there was something off. Um, PCOS hasn't completely been figured out yet, but I can tell you what, it starts with, um, basically with uh, insulin resistance is where it starts. So definitely um, what I would recommend, Scott, is I would recommend that you um, tell your wife about Destination Health, have her um, sign up, uh, take a NutriQ, sign up for a discovery call. I can talk her through you know, some different things, but essentially if she has PCOS, I can almost guarantee you, pretty much guarantee you that she has um, blood sugar um, issues. That she's not, her blood sugar is not balanced. So that would be the first thing that we would do is work on adjusting her diet, um, reducing the amount of carbohydrates, um, which was supposed to be the topic today, but um, will be next week. And she will be able to address these issues naturally. All right. And you want to do that now before um, you start. And I don't know if you guys have kids or you plan on having children, but you want to do that sooner than later if you do plan on having, um, you know, children in the, in the future. Hi, Cindy. My daughter and granddaughter both suffer with all these symptoms. I never did. Well, you're very blessed, Cindy, because you probably had a better diet than the standard American diet. Um, but... Like I said, you know, it's a shame. It's a shame that that these girls think that this is the norm, that, you know, PMS is the norm. I'm sorry, but your hormones shouldn't have these dramatic swings that you are acting completely outlandish and crazy um, when your cycle starts or prior to your cycle starting. And you absolutely should not be in so, you know, in a situation where you can't go to work or go to school or get out of bed and stuff like that. You just shouldn't. That's not, I know it's, we talk about it and we've normalized it, but it is not, it's not normal. 
Um, all right. Scott mentioned she also, his wife also had leukemia um, at three, at three years. Is that three years old? And I think they were blaming some of her issues from side effects. Oh, I'm so sorry. Um, yeah. You know, leukemia is difficult. That is, um, I, I grew up with a, with a really close family friend who had leukemia. Um, and so treating it definitely affected, you know, his health at the time. However, I would be surprised if, um, if leukemia or treating it had any side effects um, and, and resulted in PCOS. I would be really surprised. Um, like I said, you know, I, I, I run a, being in the, you know, in the health world um, and following so many people that are, you know, proponents for functional, for, you know, dealing with health from a functional perspective, I see how many young women are dealing with PCOS and the numbers. When you hear a stat, I feel like it's completely wrong. I feel like they, the statistics are what, you know, state PCOS is a much lower percentage than it actually is because the amount of, of girls that are dealing with it is unbelievable. And like I said, the number one place that we would start is with diet. And I do believe um, sugar, blood sugar imbalances uh, really do drive um, PCOS. So like I said, I definitely would recommend that she take a NutriQ. Even if that's, that's just where she wants to start without planning to do a discovery, see where she falls on the, um, on the bar where it talks about blood sugar, because I can pretty much guarantee you that the symptoms she's, she's dealing with, with blood sugar regulation are also contributing to PCOS. So just, just do it and see, and see where she is. And then hopefully she'll be inspired by seeing that to, um, to schedule a discovery call. And I'd be happy to work with her. All right, guys, any more questions? What else is going on? Yeah, and Kevin said it is common, not normal. And that is the problem that we have today is people say that things are normal, but, you know, it, it doesn't have to be the norm. It's not. It shouldn't be the norm. Just because it's common doesn't mean just because there are so many sick people doesn't mean that you want to compare yourself to a sick person. And that's another thing. When you, when you take a blood test or you take any kind of test and they're showing you um, kind of like a range of where you should sit, that's supposed to be the normal range. That's typically not the range that a functional medicine doctor would want you in, okay? Now, if you think about it, usually people who are taking tests are people who, the reason that they're taking the test, oh, I'm about to get interrupted, sorry. But the reason that they will be taking a test is because they have something wrong, they're sick. And so they're taking a blood test to see where they are. And so you're being compared to all the people that are pretty much sick. Um, so when you go to a functional, functional medicine doctor, they're not gonna compare you to those. 
they're going to say, these are the parameters that, you know, that normal doctors are going to put you in. They're going to put you within this range and they're going to compare you to the, in this range. But from a functional medicine standpoint, a functional medicine doctor is going to have a different um, range for you. So just be aware of that when you do look at your blood tests and you're comparing it to something, you're comparing it to what the general public is seeing. But I know I personally don't want to be compared to the general public. I want to be compared to healthy people and what is optimal for, for my own health. Um, Scott, I've been trying to encourage her to do the NutriQ, but you know the saying, yes, lead the horse to water. I feel you. I feel you. I think we all can feel you there. Because uh, as we all journey on, to, on our health, you know, we go further down our health journey, we realize that, and even people when they're curious and they ask us questions and they want to know what's working for us, they're typically not really ready um, for their own, you know, to, to help themselves. They're like, oh, that's great. Yeah. Well, that's too hard to do. But uh, yeah, they make excuses. So I feel you there. Well, Scott, I hope she does change her mind on that because we, I think we offer a really good service and it's free and I can help point her in the, in the right direction and start where she is. And that's, that's what we do. So we, we take where you are and we make it work for you. Hi, Cindy. Is there a way to see a functional medicine range to compare? I have testing for chemo every other week. That's a great question, Cindy. Um, let me see what I can dig up in terms of that. I know I have been to a, I, I know I've been to like a, some kind of seminar or convention where we, a doctor was up there and gave all of his ranges that he goes off of, which I thought was so helpful, but I don't, I, I know I never got like a hard copy of it, but let me, um, let me do a little digging and see if I can't, if I can't find, um, some ranges for you to compare to. All right, guys, um, that will be something I will look into. Oh, and Kevin did mention that the ranges can be difficult unless you have someone to help you interpret them. And that is true. Um, and I do agree. Sometimes if you just do, if it's something specific that you're looking for, sometimes you can just do a, a random search, like maybe DuckDuckGo and just do, you know, whatever it is that you're looking for um, and write in there, like the keywords could be like functional medicine, um, doctors range or something like that. I'll, I'll do some digging though. We'll see what we can find. All right. We have a couple more minutes. So if you have any questions, don't forget to type them in. Um, and now you guys have the article for NAC. Um, and next week we'll talk about carbohydrates that we will definitely do <laughs> because I know that people are, are getting antsy to hear about it. But like I said earlier, I did have a couple things that I wanted to say, um, that basically not all carbs are created equal. There are simple carbs and complex carbs. If you are looking to include carbs in the diet, 
then you want the complex carbs because they have, they're, they're still fully intact. They don't, um, simple carbs, think of them as they simply go straight to the bloodstream because that's essentially what's happening. You have simple carbs like fruit juices and sodas and, you know, um, you know, even pastas and, and bread that th those are going to like white bread and pastas. Those are going to be going when they're broken down. Those are not attached to fiber anymore. So what's happening is the reaction is you're going to have a huge surge in blood sugar because they're immediately going into the bloodstream. So kind of think about it like that when you have when it's still attached to fiber, a more complex carb, then you have to break down the fiber in order to get that carbohydrate to break down. So it fills you up um, quicker, fills you up longer, and it um, takes a while to metabolize it. So it's not just going straight into your bloodstream and giving you that surge. So just keep that in mind. And we'll dive deeper into that next week for sure. All right, let's see here. Nancy says, there's several different labs that work with the alternative doctors that read micronutrients. I can try to research as well what the name of the labs were that I have lab, lab work done through. Awesome, Nancy. That would be great and super helpful. I'm sure everyone would, would love to see that. So that would be great for, if you could share it. All right, let's see here. Mark says, I have discolored fingernails on one hand, no grains and minimal sugars. It's been like this for two years. Any suggestions? Huh. When you say discolored fingernails, what color are they? And did you have any injuries? Um, when I think of fingernail health, I don't typically think of color except for if you have um, like white, um, like white like specks on them. Um, but, oh, that's a good point, Kevin. Kevin mentions that nail problems can be fungus or yeast infections. And that's definitely true. Um, for the most part, I mean, when you say discoloring, like what, what color, what color are you seeing? If it's, if it's like an overall coating of like a white color, then I, I would say like a fungus or yeast, like Kevin mentioned. And if that's the case, then it should show up. Um, that should even show up on the NutriQ with it, you know, um, gut dysbiosis. So like in the small intestine column. So if you take the NutriQ and you see that is super high. Um, oh, yellow tint, Mark says. Yeah. Yeah, I would say yellow is another color that I would associate with uh, with a fungal um, situation. So like a dysbiosis in the gut. Um, so Mark, take the, if you haven't done it yet, take the NutriQ and sign up for a discovery and let's, let's talk about it, um, in, in more depth, but essentially, um, I'm, you know, gut dysbiosis would be the first place that your mind, my mind really goes, except for if it was like the, the little white specks, sometimes that can be, um, calcium or, or whatnot, but if it's yellow and it's tinted yellow, discolored yellow, then yeah, I would say gut dysbiosis. Hold on, let me scroll up. Cause yeah, Kevin says gut dysbiosis. Yeah, which is basically the same thing as um, 
a yeast or a fungal infect, you know, a fungal or a yeast infection because that's all going to be that bacteria. So we want to really boost the good bacteria and make sure the bad bacteria stays at a minimum um, in the gut. Um, but I'm, I'm, it's surprising if it's only on one hand. All right, guys, wrapping up here. So we will see you next week and we'll talk about carbs and we will answer more questions next week here live on the Q&A. I hope everyone is good and has a great week and we will see you then. Bye guys.